If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Off Limits. Thanks for joining me tonight on the show. It is Sunday, October 11th at 1130 p.m. Central Time. It is National Coming Out Day today, so thank you for 
being gay and being out if you are. <laughs> this is a day to say thank you for those who are out and to say those of you who aren't, come on out of the closet because it's much, much better out here than in the dank darkness of mothy clothes and <laughs> stench. Anyway, um, if you haven't heard the show before, you can go to offlimitshow.com and you can find out more about me there. You can listen to the show on iTunes and uh, also uh, under Game Mass as well. And you can also listen to the show on iHeartRadio. Uh, so, and of course, Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. If you go there, be sure to like my show. And uh, I appreciate you listening to the show. So, um, coming out is a long process for most people. And, you know, every year I do a National Coming Out Day show because I want to say thank you for those who've come out already. And to those who haven't, I want to say come on out. And the reason for that is, is because, you know, most of the time people who are in the closet are um, essentially a lot uh, lonelier. They're not happy. They're there by themselves. And of course they feel trapped and um, you know, being in the proverbial closet is absolutely lonely as it should be. And it is an incredibly uh, devastating place to be. And of course it leads to a lot of suicides in the gay community um, just as a function of, you know, not wanting to disappoint your parents or disappointing your friends or family, whatever it is not easy to be gay and be in the closet. It's not easy to be gay anyway, right? But it isn't easy, especially to be gay and hiding it. Hiding, you know, a part of who you are, hiding a part of yourself from the rest of the world is certainly a difficult thing to uh, deal with. And, you know, all of us as gay people have to come out eventually because um, when I say that, I mean, eventually most of us do come out, but we don't always have to. But um, eventually most of us do come out. And when we do, you know, it's something that we all share being GLBT uh, people. And uh, it is something that heterosexuals just don't have to endure or go through or have to, to face. It's something that's very uh, distinct to uh, someone who is gay. And unlike being um, heterosexual, when you're heterosexual, you're assumed to be heterosexual. Or you're anything, you're assumed to be heterosexual <laughs> when you're gay or straight in this, this society. Uh, it isn't like you... Uh, most parents are saying, you know, oh, well, my kid may or may not be gay or may or be straight. I'm not going to have expectations about what they're going to be. I'm just going to love them for what they are. That is how everyone should be with their children, because children are not just a reflection of who you are, but they're specifically their own person, their own personality distinct from you. So it's important to remember that. And unfortunately, that's not the experience most of us encounter or have. Most of us, of course, are are assumed to be heterosexual and therefore, we're forced to eventually come out if we do decide to come out sometime. And, um, you know, I came out when I was 14. I'll just quickly rehash the story I've told a million times for the past five years. I came out quickly when I was 14. Uh, I mean, quickly, I came out when I was 14 uh, to my mom and my grandmother, whom I lived with, and both of them. And um, I only came out because I was kind of found out that I was gay by my mom. And you can go back and listen to shows to find out why. Read my memoir that's coming up walking wounded. Anyway, um, it is, uh, um, it was difficult and scary. And of course, for a teenager, just finding out who you are and then being thrown into, um, to a place where you have to defend that, 
when you yourself are just figuring it out. It's a really hard place to be. Uh, and I came out really, really young. And most people come out later or used to come out a lot later, like 19, 30, whatever, uh, depending on the 20s or 30s. But uh, these days, people are coming out a lot more soon uh, than sooner than I did when I was young. Uh, I mean, sooner than most people did when I was young. I was 14. I came out really young. But most people didn't come out too much later, like I just said. So these days... I think with the advent of television and cable and um, just uh, acceptance of gay people in general, it's made it far more accepting of people to accept themselves as being gay or lesbian or transgender or bi or whatever you are. And uh, that's a great thing, of course. It's a great thing that we have that kind of acceptance these days. Um, of course, we're still not, it's not still not perfect. It never probably will be perfect, but it certainly is a far cry from what it was when I was in in the ninety early nineties when I came out, actually late eighty what let's see, no early nineties when I came out, or you know before that in the fifties and sixties and seventies and eighties. So um, it is certainly a difficult thing to do, but I, I think most people need to realize that you know if you are someone who's listening to my show and you haven't come out yet, um, <clears throat> I would highly advise it because the one thing I remember when I came out uh, to my family, even though I was kind of forced out. Uh, eventually I had to come out to my friends at school and things like that and my extended family. When I did that, I was finally able to be myself. And before that, you know, I had always been kind of playing a role, um, the role of the dutiful, perfect son and, and <laughs> not perfect, but I mean, you know, uh, trying to get good grades and trying to make everyone else happy and, and meet everyone else's expectations and never really meeting my own or, getting to know who I was or getting to love myself because I didn't, I always had to pretend to be someone I wasn't. And so by the time I came out at 14, I was able to finally explore who I was and, you know, outside of all of the influences of my family and my friends and actually discover that for myself. And so it's a liberating experience and one that is incredibly important in growing up and becoming a human being and becoming an adult and really recognizing who and what you are and what you're going to be and what you're going to do with your life and all those things that are so important that heterosexuals don't have to contend with. And therefore, I think that's why a lot of we gay, lesbian, bi, transgender people are far more introspective because we've had to be um, to find out and understand ourselves better. We've had to sort of be that way. Most of us, not all of us. Some people are just pretty shallow. But anyway, so um, so I want to say thank you to all those people who have come out in the past and have paved the way for the gay people who've come after them. Um, you know, we've had great uh, pioneers in the gay community like Harvey Milk and people like that that have led the way in the, the Manichaean society. And if you don't know anything about uh, gay and lesbian history and you are a gay, lesbian, bi, transgender person or queer, uh, then you certainly should, should brush up on it. You can always go to Netflix and there's a ton of uh, documentaries on there. There's plenty of books. There's plenty of things that really will educate you on what, um, people before you have had to endure, um, including, including myself, my generation, the generation before me, before me, before that. And, uh, because it's a lot easier now than it used to be. And it's important to know where you've come from. And if you're a gay, lesbian, bi, transgender person, then you're part of our community and you should support it. Um, so I want to say thank you to those people who are working to keep the gay community. Um, what's the word to keep the gay community, um, in the spotlight and to continue to fight for our rights and, uh, being openly gay is the bravest thing you can do as a gay person and to make no apologies for that. 
I make no apologies for it. I haven't since I was a teenager. I've never, ever made apologies for it. I never will because it is who I am. And how can you apologize for being who and what you are? You simply are who and what you are. It's not as if you have a choice in the matter. So um, and if, even if you did, fuck them. You are what you choose to be. What your life is going to be is up to you, not anyone else So to direct. So never apologize for being who and what you are. Unless who and what you are is harming everyone else around you, meaning harmful, you know, hurting someone's life or something, not just disappointing them or whatever, but I mean actually hurting someone, then there's no reason for you to apologize for it. And I never have, and you should never do the same. So be happy. And I think it's also important that, you know, if you are coming out to your family and you have to contend with some really biblical or, you know, highly religious or evangelical parents or um, teachers or employers or whatever, that you still stand up for who and what you are and don't don't uh, bow down to their way of believing or make let them allow them to like talk you into the fact that you're wrong or something's wrong with you because there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. So you have to, um, standing strong in the face of adversity like that is not easy for most people. Um, but you know, don't allow that to change you. Allow yourself to be yourself and allow yourself to be free and happy. So that's what I'm going to say about today. Anyway, um, Last night we saw the movie The Martian, by the way, and wanted to talk briefly about The Martian. The Martian, uh, you know, stars uh, Matt Damon and um, uh, Jessica Chastain and a lot of famous people, um, Jeff Bridges and Mackenzie Smith, I think's her name, and I mean, tons of people are on there um, that I really like, and it's a really good movie, and it starts, you know, on Mars and it goes from there. And I'm not going to ruin it with any spoilers or anything, but I'll just let you know that it is. Um, you know, some people may expect it to be something it isn't. And it is not a, although there's plenty of action in the film and things that actually happen, suspenseful things. Um, it's not an action film. It's more about an emotional, uh, it's more of an emotional slash action film or emotional slash uh, suspense film or something, I guess you'd say, because it really content or it really deals with um, issues of loneliness and also issues of, uh, basically by the time I left, I recognized how much, I mean, I've always felt this way, but I, I really had an even greater appreciation for the fact that we have the planet earth, <laughs> because if you have to live on and deal with Mars, um, as an alternative to the planet earth, if we fuck up this planet any more than we already have, and probably will, this planet's fucking beautiful and it has water and it has lush vegetation and greenery and it's just an amazing place to be if you you compare it to other planets in our solar system or anywhere else that we know about obviously uh so it is a really amazing place that we live in and on uh, whereas mars is just the opposite it's very uh un, you know inhospitable and very difficult you can't to grow anything difficult to actually live there as a human being the atmosphere is very thin uh, so you don't have a lot of oxygen so it just is not a hospitable place to live However, of course, they're considering, you know, colonizing Mars in 2020 or something um, or, yeah, moving people there and flying us there. People who choose to go there and never come back. Um, and I think the trip's like about a year or I think it's like four years, actually, the trip out there. In the movie, it's only like a year a year to get there or something. But going uh, in reality, it's like supposed to be like four years. And when you go, you're not allowed to ever come back and see your family or friends or anything else. You're literally starting to colonize another planet. 
And it's, as I said, it's not like it's going to be some like vacation, like going to Puerto Rico or, you know, Turks and Caicos or something. It's going to be a, a, a space mission. Uh, and you're going to have to learn how to adapt to a brand new planet and a new way of living. So not for me at all. No. So I would much rather live here where I can live in my house and have nice trees and <laughs> pretty sky and oxygen I can breathe without a fucking um, spacesuit and all that than have to devote to fucking Mars just because I don't like it here or I feel like I'm an alien or something. I mean, I don't really know why someone would choose to do that and leave planet Earth in order to colonize another planet. I guess just out of curiosity, I mean, if they're scientific or whatever, I get it, they're scientists. But I mean, just a regular average Joe or Jane to actually go there and do that is just, it's beyond me. I guess if you're an orphan or something, it doesn't really matter or if you have no family or friends. But I mean, for most human beings, it would be very difficult to do that. I could never do that. I certainly could never do that. And even if I had all my family and my friends with me coming with me, I just would not want to be there. I mean, I don't like to go camping, much less, you know, on a fucking planet like Mars. I mean, no, thank you. Um, so it just seems a little weird. And, but the thing is also is that we have like an international treaty that no one can actually colonize the planet, that it's actually going to just be like a, um, it's going to be like, uh, you can't actually claim, lay claim to it as a country or anything whenever whoever, you know, goes in there first or whatever, which we assume is going to be the United States. But anyway, um, back to the movie, the movie, anyway, the, the movie, the Martian with, um, Matt Damon is a good movie. I really enjoyed it. I really did. It, it, it wasn't boring to me at all. And it really did keep me uh, interested. Now, a lot of people are saying it's gotten a lot of really great reviews and New York times and a lot of uh, great critics reviews and people who've seen it like it. It's very popular. It made $50 million this weekend. This is like the second week it's been open, I think. So it's done very, very well. Um, however, people are saying like, like Andy Cohen, whom I like sometimes, but I mean, sometimes he gets on my fucking nerves because like he, I was listening to Radio Andy in a car earlier on Sirius XM and he was talking about this movie and he was saying about how stupid it was and how he didn't like it and blah, blah, blah. I mean, he says a lot of stuff about a lot of movies and things that I just don't agree with anyway. So it wasn't like a big surprise to me that I disagree with him about this movie, but I will tell you, it's a good movie. If you're looking for a deeper movie, a movie with deeper meaning, um, and not necessarily blow, you know, hitting you on the head and the face with meaning, but you can discern the meaning yourself, the emotional side of it and the uh, other side of it. It's a fun movie. It's a good movie. It's got some funny moments as well, and I think it's worth the watch. So definitely check out The Martian with Matt Damon if you haven't seen it yet because I really, really recommend it. If you like real good movies, if you like shitty, crappy movies like, I don't know, like uh, Dumb and Dumber or something, you probably won't like The Martian. <laughs> Anyway, um, the other thing I want to talk about is American Horror Story. Okay, so this premiered last week. And I don't know, you should all know this by now, but I'm a huge and have been for many, many years now, long before he was ever even really well, well known or recognized. I've been a huge fan of Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer is an actor. He's from Texas. He's gay. He's openly gay, married to a very high powered um, Hollywood PR press guy or, or publicist or something, or I don't know. He's, I can't remember what his husband does, but he's very powerful and very rich anyway. And uh, they have kids and everything. And anyway, I just think he's a beautiful man, of course, as many people do. And, uh, but not just, not just the way he looks, but also his personality He has a great, like kind personality. And he's just kind of the boy next door. So I love him anyway. So he and, uh, Lady Gaga are starring in this, this, uh, year's, uh, installment of American Horror Story. And, they play this couple, this very 
unorthodox couple <laughs> that are um, essentially vampires. I mean, I don't know if they're vampires. They're supposed to be just bloodsuckers or what? Because they're trying to stay young or some shit. I don't know. But they're essentially, I mean, I'm not sure they're vampires, but they act like vampires because they, they go out in the daytime and all that shit. So it's not like a normal vampire movie. So I think they're just like bloodsucking weirdo psycho, like sociopaths or something. But anyway, or ghosts or something. Anyway, you'll see. You have to watch it. I'm going to give too much away. But anyway, um, there's a lot of blood in this. Okay, tons of blood. I mean, this is like unapologetic Ryan Murphy just saying, you know, okay, you're saying I don't go far enough for the show. I'll show you how fucking far I can go. And it is like bloody and gross. And I had to turn my head away so many times because it was so gross. And I have never like been into vampires anyway. Like I like the Twilight movies. So they were okay. But other than that, I've never been into vampires. I've never been a vampire type of a guy. So this, this show fucking is just, anyway, it's fucking crazy, but they always are, but it's great acting. And, um, it's definitely worth watching. I like the first episode. Hopefully the rest of the season will be as good. Um, a lot of questions left after the first episode, but definitely don't go into room 64. That's all I have to tell you about that. Um, then of course there's Justin Bieber's schlong. Okay. So we've had this whole few days of the whole tweet that, that that's rocked the world or whatever about him being on vacation and, and, uh, on a boat or something. And anyway, and you can see his penis pretty clearly through a zoom lens. Uh, that somebody took um, from afar, and it's—I mean, it's an okay size penis. It's not—it's not like enormous, and it's not like tiny at all. It's not like huge either. It's just like you know, it's, I'd say it's above average. You know, that's what I'd say. And it was nice. I mean, it's okay, whatever, fine. It's a penis, big deal. I've seen plenty of them, so it's like you know, whatever. You've seen one, you see them all. But um, people are—the the weirdest thing about it is his dad. His father, the man who gave, you know, not gave birth to him, but the man who fathered him or, you know, his seed made him a man or whatever, made him become human or whatever. Uh, he tweeted out that um, he said, my God, what do you feed that thing? Proud Papa. I mean, isn't that a little weird to you? <laughs> I just think it's a little strange that your own father would comment on the size or the the beauty of your penis. And he said, what a beaut, I think is what he said too. Um, I think it's just a little weird. And a lot of people have been talking about this and saying it's a little strange that his father would say something like that. Of course, his father also, you know, is strange and weird anyway, but so I don't know if it's like really a big deal to most people, but I find it to be pretty odd. Um, I would never want my, my parents to see or, you know, discuss in any manner, the size of my penis or the beauty of it or whatever he said. I mean, just, I think it's weird. And most, most parents would not do that. Um, so anyway, they're talking about that, how bizarre that whole thing is. I find it to be weird. Um, speaking of penises, by the way, there's a new, um, <laughs> there is a new, um, sex toy called the auto blow two. And if you are single or, um, I don't know, maybe if you're married or something, or I don't know, handicapped, I don't know, whatever the reason you would need one, but whatever the reason you want to get a sex toy uh, that, that can blow you essentially the way a human would, it's this, this, this like sleeve, you know, those sleeves like flesh jacks or whatever, that's what they're called. But it's like that, but this is actually mechanical and you plug it in the wall and it actually simulates oral sex. And it actually goes up and down and jerks you off the same way an actual human would as well with her mouth or whatever. So anyway, if you're interested in finding out about that, you can get one for $60 off by going to, um, what was the name of the site? Oh my God, I saw it earlier. Hold on. Uh, oh, Gaily Grind. 
if you go to the Gailey Grind site and you look up auto, what's it called? Auto Blow 2, they'll give you $60 off by buying it today. So go buy yours today <laughs> if you're interested in it. Um, I've never really been a person who's into toys. You know, I've never been a toy kind of guy, gay guy. I've known a lot of gay guys who look at other toys and whether they're dildos or these kinds of things or whatever. I prefer the real thing. You know, I've always preferred the real thing. I've never been a toy person. Like, have you seen those Skintastic things? I'm, I've talked about them on my show a while back. They're called Skintastic, and they're like these these sex dolls you can buy and they're like really realistic looking with real human hair and they feel real, the skin, the eyes, everything looks real. And, um, they have the penises and they have anuses and mouths and everything else. Anyway, I always find those just to be so bizarre, but I mean, whatever, whatever floats your boat, I'm not judgmental about it. It's like, I don't care if somebody wants to do any of that. That's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. It's just never been my thing. I mean, if I'm going to hook up with a fake doll, I'd rather have a real person <laughs> instead of a fake doll. So I guess some people just, I don't really know the real reason why someone would really want to use that. I guess either they're insecure and they can't, they don't feel like they can actually get a real person or there's such a control freak. They can't actually connect with a real person. So they get a doll so they control and can tell what to do all the time. Or they're, maybe they're like handicapped or something. I don't know, but whatever floats your boat people, if it turns you on more power to you. Um, and the last thing is, what was I going to say something about something else? Um, oh, um, I, my memoir is almost done by the way. I've, I almost finished the first draft by the way. I've been talking about it for about two years now. <laughs> I've been writing it for about five or six and I'm getting there. I'm writing a little bit on every single day and I certainly want you all to read it when it's complete. Um, I'm going to, uh, publish it or have it published rather and uh, see where it goes. But I wanted to let you know that it's getting close to done. So I should be finishing it this December. Is my, my goal is to finish the first draft in December. And then after that, I'll do the editing and the rewriting. And so by, by the time I turn 41 in June of next year, I should have it ready to go to publishing and everything ready for that. So when it comes out, if you're listening to my show, I'll definitely give you a big discount on the book if you want to buy it, <laughs> if you want to. Um, but there's a lot of interesting things in there in my book about my life and about um, why I am the way I am and who I am. And there's good, the good, the bad, and the ugly in there. Um, a lot of sexual stuff in there, a lot of really explicit sexual stuff. So if you're into that, there's some, some of that as well. There's a lot of painful memories and a lot of happy ones. But I think if you read that book, you'll have a better understanding of who I am as a person and why I am the way I am. And um, it's a good read, anything. Anyway, I think it's going to be a good read when I'm done with it. I think it's getting there and it's, you know, I've reread it and reread it a million times. You're not supposed to really do that until you're finished with the first draft, but um, I think it's good and I think it will be something interesting. So if you're interested in that, I'll be sure to let you know about it when it comes around next year. So I want to say thanks for listening to the Off Limits show. I'll be back uh, Tuesday with Christian and Ra, uh, excuse me, with Christian and Jason and myself on the Gay XYZ show. Um, be sure to go to gayxyz.com to find out more about us and that show there and all of our latest episodes are available there. And uh, be sure to call in the show if you like at uh, the call in number on Tuesday as well. We take live calls. So we hope to see you then. If you want to find out more about me, go to offlimitshow.com. I'll be back uh, later in the week. Thanks for listening, and you all have a great evening. Planning on traveling this summer? 
Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 